Hi, everybody. We are back with another live lineup lock deadline show. Welcome. Rob is back in the hot seat. He is coming to us live from the UK where it is super early. I'm coming to you from the East Coast of the US where it is super late. And I see a lot of you in the chat already starting to fill in where you're from too. Rob, how you feeling? Adam, it's wonderful to be back um, in a very familiar place. I am still rubbing sleep out of my eyes at six in the morning, but um looking forward to seeing um, you know everyone participating in the chat and obviously dissecting all the major talk prior to applying. Fantastic. And as you can see on the bottom of your screen here, we still have our contest going for the Japanese Grand Prix this weekend. Head over to the FanAmp app, select the Fantasy Formula base, and tell us which constructor you think is going to score the most points this weekend. Before we came on today, I counted up how many we had so far. There's 13 of us pulling for Red Bull, 5 for McLaren, 8 for Ferrari, and 4 for Mercedes. Big thanks to Andy Min, Awesome Sauce, New Greg, and CBC5714 for that faith in Mercedes. I'm believing in them too. All right, let's check out the chat. Let's see what people are thinking. We got folks from all over the place. Vancouver. A few, uh, few people in different time zones. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a good mix London, of late Trinidad. and early. got our good friend Mike on. We've got Luke, who's the number one player in the Global League two weeks running. Welcome back, Luke. Looking forward to seeing how your team looks this week. We'll probably tap on you for that. We've got Allie on the East Coast, just like me. People who are on the East Coast, are you staying up to watch Quali and then going to bed or going straight to bed and then waking up and watching Quali first thing tomorrow? We'll see how much adrenaline I've got left over after this. I might crash and make it the first thing I do in the morning. Love that Aiden from Australia is uh, on a very reasonable time zone for a change. My uh, my countrymen typically tend to be up at all hours, and I was doing that a couple of years ago when I was back in Sydney. So. Shout out to my friends down on the... I'm jealous, Aiden, but it is long overdue for you because I'm sure you get the short end of the stick quite often, particularly that stretch of European races. Not bad. friend, though. And the Zars in Northern California, that's not too bad. All right, let's get cracking. Just let's review the things we know coming out of free practice. It looks like all indications are that Red Bull are back. They've brought a new floor to Japan. Right now, Max looks absolutely dominant in Sector 1, really running clear of the other teams in the early going. Perez a little bit slower in FP1 and FP2. He had one stint with the new floor, one stint without it. But looking rapid again in FP3, and it's enough to start turning the tide for me back towards Sergio Perez. And he's in this shuffle now where people are considering him signs after looking triumphant the last two weeks. George Russell always in the mix. I think all three of those are really good options for this week, but I'm starting to pull away with Perez again. Yeah, I'm, I, I share a very similar sentiment to you, Adam. Um, a real change in fortunes in FP3, which is a great sign for him. Uh, and so I think there's an obvious reason to be made to get him into a team this weekend. I know there are some people which are dealing with budget constraints, but there's... Um, I think if you can if you can stretch to triple Red Bull, that should be your first order of business. I think that makes a lot of sense. Justin in the chat is strapped for budget. Let's take a look at his options here. 
Ooh. So it looks like your options here are signs and the better budget driver of Joe or Perez and one of the bottom two budget drivers with Sargent and Hulkenberg. This is actually a toss up for me because Alfa Romeo look pretty good and Joe could qualify low and get a lot of overtakes and have himself a great race. I think the there's much higher upside to Joe than either Sargent or Hulkenberg in this race. But also, I really do believe in Perez. I think particularly around tire management, Perez is known for making tires last longer than they should. Suzuka's a track that typically eats tires. And there is some recent sound from Carlos Sainz that says he's worried about Ferrari's ability to manage the tires. And it's something that's afflicted them all year. Yeah, I think they're all very good points. Um, I'd also say that when I approach building a team, I'll always focus on the premium assets before I focus on the budget assets. And for me, if we can't break this two teams that Justin has in the chat down. It's really, for me, the first argument is Perez versus Signs, And in a vacuum for this race, it's Perez for me. And then I'll look at the budget chat and or the budget um, option. And obviously, Joe, I think, has the edge. But I think Perez edges that so much so that the Sergeant versus Joe or Hulkenberg debate is probably negligible. And on that same thought, if Ferrari has some gentle struggles with tire wear, Haas is a complete disaster on that front. So if you're down to the Sergeant Hulkenberg debate, go Sergeant all the way on that. I, I think it could be Mike jokes that Ferrari could be on a four stopper. I think legitimately Hulkenberg and, and Magnuson could be on a four stopper. And just a reminder about the contest. We usually do it about 10 minutes until lineups lock and qualifying starts. So head on over to FanAmp to the fantasy formula base to get those entries in. And also it's a great place to hang out with Rob and I during the week leading up to this show where they're answering lineup questions, sharing all of our latest solo content. And there's a lot of great other content creators in that app too. We've got our friends <laughs> over at Fan Behavior. They have a great podcast for a, a lot of different Formula One topics, including the on-track and off-track entertainment stuff. We have the betting gang that's going to tell you the best tips and tricks for making money on the races over the weekend, all the latest news, and a lot more, too. I wanted to share some of the race pace and qualifying pace data for this week. For those that either don't watch free practice or can't quite make sense of what you're watching. The qualifying session is largely tied to how fast a single lap goes in free practice, whereas race pace is tied more to the longer stints. And since the longer stints aren't on the free practice timesheets, we need this data to extrapolate a little bit how we expect these teams to fare. So in the qualifying pace, you can see Red Bull are clearly out in front with a decent size gap to Ferrari. McLaren are looking mighty again in FP3. The track dominance chart was really 50-50 between Verstappen and Lando. It was a really good resurgence for McLaren. And then Mercedes, it seems like a slightly distant fourth. So for those of you that are considering Russell, I'm a little bit nervous about how they're looking qualifying because if you go down to the race simulation pace those same top four hold true by that same gap mercedes looks to be a bit off the pace and having some struggles with those s turns those fast corners in sector one yeah i think um i think there's been a, a couple of people in the chat that are or are deliberating signs versus Russell. And I think it's a very valid argument to have, or I guess a question to ask. Um, I, I don't think by any means the the bad fantasy assets to own. I think outside of Perez, probably the next best two um, premium drivers, if we exclude Max from the discussion. Um, and to your point, Adam, I think Mercedes probably will struggle a little bit more um, at Japan. 
compared to Singapore, obviously that tire strategy in, in Singapore, you really put them in the box seat for a potential win there. But um, even though I think tire degradation for Ferrari is an obvious concern to have, I still think they edge not just on the pace times on the screen, but I think overall through the first three practice sessions shone um, a lot more than, than say Hamilton and Russell did. So I think signs for me is probably the pick of those two drivers. That makes sense. Checking out the chat, Rory asks, is a wild card worth activating to avoid a minus four? I'd say at this point in the season, I wouldn't. Maybe once you get down to the last three or so races of the season, just use the wild card to save something. But I suspect we might have one more medium-sized shift in the game where you might want to have three or four transfers in a week and keep that wild card handy. I still have my wild card for the same reason. I've been taking minus four every two to three races or so, and it seems to be pretty painless considering a, an average score on a non-sprint weekend is between 250 and 350. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, the other thing I would say is that realistically um it is as cliche as this sounds for an f1 fantasy content creator very team dependent and there are several people who have probably rolled into this week with a triple up on ferrari or close to that and maybe a smattering of mercedes or other non-plate assets in their team so again it very much boils down to if you don't have that mclaren and red bull coverage if you try and to pivot back that way, then I think it does make some sense if you are taking a minus eight or a minus 12. But a minus four, as you say, Adam, when we're scoring 300 points, say, on average each week on a non-sprint weekend, like four points is you know, 1.5% or something like that if, if my maths are ballparks of your total team score for that week. So it's a very small... Um, I guess, point penalty to take. So if you can save it, I would definitely think so because I'm in agreement with you. There's probably at least one more shift in the template before the year's out. Luke in the chat, who's the, the number one player in the global league, as I mentioned a moment ago, is thinking the same thing as Rory. So if the number one player in the world is thinking about it, Rory, you're not alone in wondering if the minus four versus the wild card is worth it. A lot of questions about Yuki, and Yuki versus Lawson. I'm not seeing enough from the free practice data to really give me a strong sense of one or the other. The Alpha Tauri came to Singapore last week with probably the second most ambitious upgrade package after McLaren. I did some digging on last year's finishing rates, and there was no driver that DNF'd three races in a row. The closest was Joe, who had a DNF in a sprint and then two consecutive race DNFs after that. So just thinking law of averages, Yuki probably will finish the race. Although seeing Alpha Tauri at the bottom of the race simulation pace doesn't give me a whole lot to be excited about. Hopefully he finishes ahead of one or two DNFs, has two or three overtakes over the course of the race, and we limp out of there with five or six points. It's not a... Not a very encouraging bid for Yuki, but uh, I'm into it. Yeah, look, I think um, there is also some attention towards his home race and you can have a cause for optimism when you have got that home ground kind of motivating and pushing you through the race. He finished in Japan last year, I believe it was 13th. Um, so not by any means a, a super, super race from him i actually got yuki in my team last year for this very race and didn't really bear much fruit unfortunately so i'm trying to i think maybe distance myself a little bit from the the home ground favoritism um but if he's able to kind of move past the reliability issues that have plagued him recently then i think he's on for a, a decent attempt at hopefully contending for a point or two but Nothing so far to suggest that um, he, he can really make a huge push this weekend. And on the Lawson front, he's already competed at Suzuka this year as part of Super Formula, so I don't think he has any sort of rookie disadvantage at this track. I think 
in a backmarker car where reliability might be an issue. I think Sunoda has a better chance of finishing the race than Lawson, but Lawson might have slightly higher upside to sneak into Q2, for example, if if anyone's going to give us a surprise out of that team. There's an interesting question mm-hmm. in the chat about Albon this week. And I heard some interesting commentary during FP3 about Alex. His pace in FP1 and FP2 was strong. And so a lot of people in these fantasy circles were looking at Alex as a possible number four driver for this week. But then they were saying that in the longer stints, Albon really struggled with his degradation. And so it sounds like they're either going to have to take a lot off the car to slow him way down or invest in an untimely pit stop. So I'm not sure that this is going to be a good race for Alex, even though he's been a bit higher on the timesheets. I also think back to that quote that you and I had gone over in last week's Singapore preview, where Albon has said, I'm not so sure about the races between now and Vegas. So Albon's already written himself off for the next four to five weeks. It's funny he says that because he's one of the most consistent drivers in the last kind of seven or eight races fantasy was. So at least at like a price or points per million. I mean, look, he's got that reliability. He's, he's, um, you know, probably in the best form of his life, to be honest, um, you know, fantasy points aside. And I think he is a reliable option, but if you can potentially stretch to someone like Piastri, if it means compromising on that fifth slot, then I think probably do that. Um, there was, I guess, some builds I was looking at with Albon, but, um, obviously, um, since obviously that, that news you, you just shared has emerged, um, I'm probably a little bit more to consider him in my team for this week. The next window I'm sharing here, this is F1 Fantasy Tools and their team builder. Obviously, it's a tool that Rob and I and a lot of other fantasy strategists use week to week. One of the things that I've been really using a lot is this price delta calculator. I interviewed the mastermind behind this. He's an Australian fella named Ryder, and he has found a way to crack what has been a pretty troublesome pattern of price changes. It's been very hard to figure out which teams will go up and by how much. And you can see that at least in recent weeks, and again for this week, based on the predicted performance of McLaren, this team is going to most likely gain more than some of the teams that are Ferrari heavy. So an interesting consideration when you're in between two drivers, you can just come to this site, select the price change predictions, and then just sort by the most gain. And you can see McLaren assets ahead of Ferrari. And then interestingly, Aston Martin, although not expected to do that well this weekend, in the middle. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that Aston Martin is still very underpriced from the start of the year. So if they have at least one good race, they're due for a price rise. I think McLaren are still the deserving favorite, all the best value for money assets in the game. So a popular pick this weekend, not just for their their, um, points upside, but I think also for their price rises. Uh, I'm just looking at the chat again, and Joe's asked the question of if we have to decide between three Red Bull or three McLaren, what do you think? I'm, I mean, I think the answer to me is obvious, but Adam, I'd like you to feel fair. <laughs> All right. I, I will go straight at this first. I think three Red Bulls is safer than three McLarens. Now, if you think you are this close from affording a, a slight upgrade in your lineup, you can see here that the McLaren sandwich at the top of the projected price gainers, it gives you a sense of confidence that McLaren could get you to that next price tier if you need it. So if you're looking for points upside, 3X Red Bull. If you're looking for price upside, it's the triple McLaren. And I can show you I'm of the same school for... Um... So do you want to take the lead on that one? 
I was just going to say here you have the McLaren constructor at the top here, uh, most likely to move with an average week this week. So you have both the drivers and the constructor scheduled to go higher. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a great sign in, in the third practice to see both of the McLarens in the top three as well. And um, in the, the Fan Amp contest for this week, I did have McLaren as the team that will score the most fantasy points. So um, not only because I won all three we can, but because um, Oscar's in there and they are the best value for money and quite low-owned um, relative to some of their other constructor or asset compatriots. Hoping, hoping a healthy weekend for the McLarens. And if if there's a weekend um, for Oscar to nab his first podium, I'm quietly confident this could be the one. I'd be happy with Oscar nabbing his first podium because that means a shoey by Rob on our show leading up to Qatar in two weeks. So that would be just swell for me. I think that's also, a very early know. time as well for, for the deadline. So yes, well, because in the morning, not the worst thing in the world. It would be a lunch shoey and on a Friday, no less, because it's a sprint weekend. So it would be it would be a good time. <laughs> I don't know if anyone noticed in the free practice sessions, Lewis had this new camera just sort of back and behind his head. It was probably the coolest view of the driver perspective cameras we've seen all year i think the helmet cam is a little too nauseating because of how much it bumps around but the camera that's straight above their head feels a little too smooth and video game like the one off into the side really gives you a sense of how fast the drivers are going without over smoothing it to feel video game like so really cool innovation from f1 this week the one downside I would say is that in FP3, Lewis wore that really chromed out helmet that he's debuting this weekend. And it's it can give you a headache if you stare at that too long. As as Lewis's number one fanboy, I'm surprised you haven't already placed an order for one of those mini ones on his uh, on his website. It took a lot of dirty Mercedes laundry for me to jump into the Williams tonight. So I, I definitely could could go for a Lewis Chrome helmet. Also, for those of you that are just waking up, we had Alpha Tauri confirm Yuki and Daniel as their 2024 driver lineup. So that news broke, I don't know, probably 9 or 10 p.m. Eastern. So some of you might not be aware of that yet. So that's going to leave Liam Lawson either contending for the Logan Sargent seat or out of formula one next year, probably as a reserve driver. And there's been a lot of rumors that James Valls is interested in keeping Sardar for one more year, letting him cook, see what happens. So I'm very interested to see what Liam Lawson does with himself, um, both in his, the remainder of his time as a super sub for Ricardo and next year. Yeah, he's, um, he's definitely, impressed through his first few races with Alpha um, got a very kind of mature head on his shoulders reminds me a little bit of Oscar Piastri in that sense um not like somewhat softly spoken just drives very well lets his actions do the talking people have to notice there's there's the obvious um merry-go-round with um silly season and as it seems to us Williams is is really, really next year but even then there is speculation that um logan Sargent probably will be potentially in line for that again um in 2024 so i mean it's a shame to see lawson miss out if that eventuates because i think he's very much deserving of a of a seat on the grid next season what do you think he's looking really good and i think it's just really bad timing for him on a few fronts Alpha Tower is going to have a new title sponsor next year. And word on the street is they're going to be heavily sampling the Red Bull car. So they could be quite a bit fast next year. And I think there was just this preference to have a more senior driver lineup. 
in the very unlikely event that Lawson sours in his first full season of Formula One, they will have fallen for the super sub two years in a row. And I think that's just a headline that Alpha Tauri want to avoid. So taking the very, very safe route mm-hmm. instead of the high upside route. Um, I do think on the topic of Sergeant, I'm in a, I guess, a situation where my team value isn't quite as healthy as yours, Adam. So looking like I'll probably have to run, as we mentioned earlier, on either Logan Sargent or uh, Nico Hulkenberg and hopefully a good omen if if Sargent um, is re-signed for my team because um, he'll likely be the one that takes that final position for me over, over Nico. Yeah, let's take a look at my team selection as it stands right now you can see i've changed my team to a stroll in the park like a good sport and then over the last probably three or four weeks that f1 fantasy tools has offered this price change estimator i've been trying to ride the high price upside teams so i can get to the point where i'm at now with triple mclaren triple red bull and room for a non-budget like a non-bottom tier budget driver for me right now i think in the coin flip of yuki with the home race can't possibly dnf three times in a row right and then lawson having raced there this year and, and on a bit of a roll i'm going with yuki otherwise i think it's a pretty much no-brainer to go with the triple mclaren triple red bull Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think um, team value is is at this point it's becoming more and more important if you're able to stretch to the three papaya. Um, and I think, you know, that's an excellent team. There are some people who are even fortunate enough to get Joe as that, that driver in the team. But, you know, and I think he still remains objectively the best budget driver under 7 million at the moment, just based on the consistency, the typical reliability of Alfa Romeo. Um, so if you can, I think he's excellent as called out in the, in the chat, but, um, you know, between Sonoda Lawson, Hockenberg and Sargent, I still, I'd, I'd probably say it's, it's, you're splitting hairs over, over Sonoda and Lawson, but, um, give him, give Yuki the home ground advantage. I know I said earlier, I don't want to read into it too much, but, Hopefully he can improve on his performance um, at Suzuka from 2022. And to Marat's second question, would you go for Sonoda instead of Joe? No, that this decision is totally cost cap constrained. You can see I'm just down to my last 100K or so. If I had enough budget to go with Joe, I am very optimistic about Joe in this race to get more overtakes. Rob's been calling him the overtake merchant all year. He showed up again last week at Singapore in a much more difficult track. I think he would have a much better race than Yuki if we could afford him. So I think those teams that could afford triple McLaren, triple Red Bull two or three weeks ago, they can probably afford that now and go for it. One of the other interesting topics from free practice is just, the new... C2 tire from Pirelli that they're testing. It's basically a no sidewall medium tire on this track. And it really muddied things up for me in FP1. There were some teams that were running really heavy on that test tire, particularly McLaren. So it was hard for me to tell, do McLaren have the pace? Is it going to be a weird week for them? It threw an added monkey wrench into the earlier session. So I was relieved to see Piastri and Norris looking as strong as they did in FP3. Yeah, I, I was probably a little surprised too, to be honest. I definitely thought they'd be a mix um, all weekend, and I think they will be for sure. But I definitely expect... Um, I, I mean, I think it'll be a pretty close contest for for the couple of places, assuming Max pulls away as he typically does. Um I'm just trying to be optimistic um, for the McLarens. I think they're due for one of those races where, um, you know, they're both in the race. Obviously, Oscar had his qualifying session ruined last week with that stroll incident in Q1. I fully expect he'll be back in Q3 this week. Um, and based on pace, 
uh, weekend. I, I wouldn't expect Oscar's really too far off that either, particularly now that he also has those upgrades um, as well that Lando got. So um, pretty confident that they'll have a, a positive support if you know, kind of mechanical issues or, or racing incidents. Good, good. We've got just 20 minutes left in the contest and 30 minutes until qualifying. So head over to FanApp if you haven't already and tell us which constructor you think will score the most points this week. Luke in the chat has locked in triple Red Bull, triple McLaren with Joe. So he took our advice seriously a moment ago. Mike is in between Lawson and Sonoda and is heading toward Lawson. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's really just a coin flip at that point. I've just locked in my team to Adam. So I'm running your team except Sergeant in place of Sonoda. Um, and it looks like Lewis, um, he's called out the best team possible according to Raito. Um, I, I that might be at that particular kind of price bracket if you've got both hulk and joe in there i know um everyone's budget is different so perhaps in his case as he's got 120 they're just the um i guess the compromises you might need to make in those circumstances but a lot of people who have got the triple mclaren triple red bull and joe lots of high team values i can't say i'm in the same camp unfortunately but i'll uh, i'll take what i can get and hopefully sergeant can just limp across like that <laughs> Fantastic. I'm definitely jealous of some of those cost caps that are a little bit bigger. And, and that's why this cost cap tool that's part of F1 Fantasy Tools is going to be so important for us. You grow your cost cap a little bit, you can level up your lineup, and then you can just really pound away at the, the leaderboard, both in your mini leagues and in the global. Question in the chat, will Lawson have more price increase than Yuki? Let's take a look at the Sims for this. It looks like they're both low and around the same spot. And so this is based on an average of all of the possible outcomes. It's picture a bell curve of the, that, that peaks at the most likely outcome. It's an average of those. And then it's just translated into what that means for a price increase. So they're both pretty unlikely to gain much based on the possible outcomes. Good question J by um, James in the in the chat there around the return to um, the template. I, I, I can't disagree, really. I, I do think the variation we've seen the last few weeks has made it super interesting for team selection. A lot of um, variety, not just yours and my team. Or I mean, we've had some variety, but not much. Um, but you know, Tom, for instance, last week he ran a, quite a, a Ferrari-heavy build Um and I think it's it's just really exciting when we have those circuits where Mercedes and Ferrari are looking um, like their old selves. So I think, yes, I, this week, I think there'll be a lot of people on what we've got on screen here all very similar to that. Uh, but I do think uh, we've, we've looked at Brazil as one particular circuit where Mercedes is quite strong out. Um, and if Ferrari can kind of just maintain that consistency, um that they've been showing the last few races then um hoping we see a few more races like last weekend where there is um, a bit more of a scrap for for the top three such a great point you know we spent most of this show last week talking about ferrari how many ferrari assets we put in it was really the number one topic everyone wanted to talk about this week it's basically signs versus perez probably perez because he can manage the tires better and then Ferrari's been an afterthought, not only just in the chat, but just seeing people lock in their lineups across social media. It doesn't seem like there's that strong a movement into Ferrari like we saw last time. No, not, not at all. Not at all. Um, I mean, I, I certainly like signs and Marco's still deliberating as to whether or not he wants signs in his team this weekend. I... 
I mean, it's it's in situation if you slightly lower team budget, it's really um, triple McLaren um, and signs and one budget driver, or double McLaren, triple Red Bull and two budget drivers. So, I mean, I I like both. I I think that there's a bit more balance in that team build with signs where you're only one running one budget driver, but the a triple Red Bull is particularly strong for a reason and. Um, assuming Perez can put together a qualifying performance that we think is um, one that we've seen earlier this season, then I, I definitely think that that triple Red Bull could be pretty powerful. But again, it's it's a coin flip. The, I've played. I mean, I, I, I kind of contradict myself a little bit here. I'm typically a strategist that prefers a bit more than running two budget drivers. So I think you can make the case for both. Um, what's your take on it? Adam, I think you might be muted, mate. How long have I been talking on mute? Oh, uh, about 20 seconds. I wasn't sure if you were aware, but you could. Oh, no. Thank you, everybody. Let's try that again. I was talking about another big story from the beginning of the weekend was that the FIA came out recently and said that Verstappen was due to get a penalty for impeding in Singapore last week, and they missed it. They only gave him a reprimand. What's interesting is that the impeding was on the sister team and on Yuki Sonoda, and there wasn't an Alpha Tauri representative at the hearing. So had he impeded someone like a Carlos Sainz, Ferrari sent in their best and brightest, could he have perhaps gotten a penalty and started a bit lower in the field? So a lot of would have, could have, and should have as the FIA make that admission this weekend. Yeah, yeah, really, really interesting there. Um, definitely think there'll be probably a much harder look at those kind of incidents moving forward. So what that means for penalties and and the like, I think should maybe impact some of our decision-making moving forward, but have to just wait and see what it looks like in the future. Good. Another driver we haven't heard much about. I was just going to get into a, a driver we're often asked about. We don't see it on the, the chat today, but Pierre Gasly Osman comes up in that Oscar Piastri, Alex Albon price range. And he just looks really out of sorts. And this goes back to last year. He was the last of the finishers at this race in 2022. He had the crash that ended FP2. He was last in FP3. And this comes at a time where Alpine, particularly on Ocon's car, has been mired by DNFs. So of the drivers in that price range, I think now the tide is turning where Piastri and Albon are safer. Stroll and Gasly are a little bit more suspect. Yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree. I think Stroll's been off the radar for a little bit now, um, and I think that's that's obviously um, affected the appeal of the the Aston Martin constructor as well. So I think, understandably so, Oscar. Is, as and I know we've talked about this, we've ranked these kind of four four drivers before, but I think it still stands that Oscar is the the leading driver in that kind of eleven to eight million price range. Um, Albon probably next. And he's, as I said, very consistent at the moment that Williams has that excellent straight line speed. And there will be a couple of circuits coming up where there are more straight lines. Vegas is one that might be me where it's pretty much a square as far as a circuit's concerned. So um, that should be interesting to see the Williams perform there. And then after that, it's probably Gasly. I know he has disappointed a little bit in the practice sessions. He had a couple of really good races, a few back now, but seems to have fallen away a little bit, but I think he still edges Stroll. Stroll's just um, a historically very bad qualifier and hasn't really in Aston Martin that we know even has fallen back a little bit, doesn't really have any overtake upside in him. So I think Stroll is probably a hard avoid for me out of those four, even if Gasly's struggling a little bit too. Got some questions piling up now in the chat. Gabriel asks, he has a budget of 122.4. 
is it worth it to go limitless this weekend? I would say not yet. We're coming up on back-to-back sprint weekends. If you use that limitless chip, you might be able to get some Ferraris or Mercedes in your lineup. I suspect as those tracks are a little bit easier on tires, Ferrari will look a bit better. And then that limitless chip will get you a bit more budget. And then in the meantime, if you can start as many Red Bulls or McLarens as your budget allows, you should be able to get a little bit of price boost in the meantime. So I would hold that limitless because there isn't an obvious out of budget number two constructor. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you there. The other thing I would say is you want to use your limitless on a weekend where drive that are performing well in free practice are low owned and not those that are quite commonly owned i think red bull triple up mclaren triple up they are the flavor of the month at the moment they're they're owned by a lot of engaged active strategists in the game so using it now wouldn't really add a lot of value if anything your rank wouldn't even if it went up it wouldn't go up nearly as much as if you were to bring in um, triple Mercedes, for instance, in Brazil, if I can just give that as a circuit um, to use as an example, where they are all very low-owned asset, they're assets. They're all very expensive assets. And because Red Bull is the popular team at the moment, there just aren't people piling in on Mercedes because the value for money isn't quite there. So save it for not just a sprint weekend, but also a weekend where those lower-owned teams are doing well. And Monza was a great example of that, where Mercedes and Ferrari performed um pretty well that weekend and we saw people who used it then really fly up the ranks so i agree with you adam that um it's probably worth holding and you'll see rob and i are still holding on to our limitless chip and we will definitely be loud both here and on our socials when it's time to use the limitless i I think there will be a clear option probably somewhere in the next three races Tahir in the chat, welcome back, by the way, Tahir. I remember you asking some questions either last week or the week before. There are two options here, Verstappen, Signs, Triple McLaren, and Sonoda, or Triple Red Bull, Norris, Botas, Sonoda. Hmm. I think in this case, Signs opens up enough budget for you to have Piastri and Sonoda, which I would rather have over what will be Perez and Botas. I think there is a a big enough gap between Piastri and Botas that it makes up for what you'd be getting um, out of Perez over signs. That's my take on it, at least. Yeah, I think I share a similar view to you, Adam. Just trying to reread this question to make sure I understand it fully. Triple Red Bull, Nor Bottas and Sonoda, or Verstappen signs Triple McLaren. Yeah, I think I think the McLaren. You said that, right? The Triple McLaren yeah. build. Yeah. 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 Did Joe in the chat? I would go with Joe over Sonoda as the budget option if you can afford him. In my case, I couldn't afford him, but I would quite like to. A few others in the chat were able to including Luke, who's number one in the world right now. And that's what he went with. So you'd be in good hands if you did that. And good company. And I think that handles uh, Canner's question as well of triple Red Bull, triple McLaren and Sonoda. Yeah, I think when you look back at the quality pace, you have Alfa Romeo quite low. So you're hoping for Joe out in Q1. But then in the race simulation pace, Alfa Romeo, just a tad higher. So hopefully in a position to get over one or both Alpha Tauris, finish ahead of one or two people that may DNF, get yourself as close to 10 points as possible. The great man, Tom, is back. Good morning, Tom. Tom agrees. Fantastic. He has not come to tell us we're a bunch of hacks. That's great. (laughs) 
Um, I'd also point out, you know, um, as we've reiterated throughout the episode is closing shortly. Um, so get those, get those, um, those answers in for which constructor scores the most points, um, fantasy points this weekend. Um, I've got McLaren. I know I may be a little deluded with, uh, my affinity towards Oscar, but I think, um, I'm going, I'm rooting for a double McLaren podium. So this cross Oscar ends up in the top three and I'm doing a shoey on the next stream on my Friday lunchtime uh, for Qatar. I need it. Miguel, I see you in the chat. To put your question into context, what would your option be if you kept Red Bull? What lineup were you running before that? Just so I can compare the two. Or if it's theoretical, I can, you know, we can build one backwards off a of Red Bull. I'm just not sure what sort of cost cap you're working with. Great participation in the contest this week. We've got more entries than last week, and it's either the middle of the night or first thing in the morning, depending on where you are. So, got a lively crowd here. That's great. If anybody hasn't seen my favorite tweet this week, Piastri announced his contract extension and he said something to the effect of it's good to have a stress-free contract situation. And the first reply was Alpine with the gif of Homer Simpson backing into the bushes, which was just A plus, A plus by the social media team at Alpine. I was going to say there's um, there's certainly a few W's for certain social media teams in the F1 community. So kudos to Alpine there. Um, great Oscar as well to, to obviously have that kind of show of confidence from McLaren after only one year. Um, he's driven very well in his rookie season. I think he's out of the three rookie drivers, the, the favorite for rookie of the year. And I think that's um, pretty obvious to most. So Happy to see him on the grid for at least a few more years, but I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. And smart by McLaren too, because you could have possibly multiple Ferrari seats, the Checo seat. There are a lot of really possible upgrades for him along the grid. So to lock him and Lando up for at least the next two years is terrific. Ah, okay. So Miguel's situation is, I think we're, I think we're putting the pieces together at the same time. His options are Red Bull McLaren as his constructors with double budget driver or Ferrari as his constructor, one budget driver. And so there are a few alternatives to that too. You could go from Perez to signs that opens you up. To probably upgrade one of the budget drivers i personally am avoiding ferrari this week so i would say this the the last one that you put in here this top heavy triple red bull with the two budget drivers the only thing i would be cognizant of miguel is hulkenberg i know um you may be restricted on budget the looks of things, but if you can squeeze out an extra 0.2 to get to Sargent, I think that wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Um, just because of that that race pace weakness that that husses um down so fingers crossed you can. If not, I still think it's a it's a sound sound build. But it looks like Adam, you've got the wheel up on the screen to spin for the competition, so I'll defer to you to take it away. The moment of truth. The winner this week is Robbie. Congratulations to you, Robbie. If you're here, feel free to say hi in the chat. If not, our friends at FanAmp will be along shortly to give you the details for your $50 gift certificate to fifthgeargarms.com and give you all the details you need to change one of our team names for Qatar.
And I think this is going so well, we'll probably be doing this contest more and more as the season progresses. So no stress if you didn't win this week. I think there'll be plenty more opportunities. All right, five minutes, or sorry, eight minutes until the deadline, but I'd get them locked, get teams locked in now. Um, so yes. definitely uh, worth doing so if you haven't already. I had to confirm I did lock in my team, otherwise we would have had an awkward situation. And let's let's maybe cover off on any last questions in the chat. I know Matt's joined quite late. Um, put a question to us around Aston Martin. Luke's obviously um, pretty much, I think, answered for both of us there. Stroll's particularly um, an avoid and at a similar price point. I know it looks like Matt's got um, some um, McLaren in there, but I would look to downgrade um, Alonso and Stroll. If you can upgrade to to Perez potentially, if not, maybe Signs. Um, but I would get Aston Martin out of your team at all costs, no matter no matter what it takes. Agreed. Um, and feel free, Matt, to lay out the lineup that you ran in Singapore too. We can give you some tips and tricks because that'll that'll help us infer what your cost cap is for the week. I think it, it's a, a tale of two drivers at Aston Martin. If you had to go with Fernando Alonso, he's probably one of the steadiest drivers on the grid this year in terms of nabbing points in either every race or nearly every race this season. Stroll has just been in a real tailspin lately. And I still wonder if he's 100% after that shunt at Singapore. It was mighty if you go back and watch some of those, those fan cameras. Yeah, as far as other drivers in that kind of mid to low price category, um, Stroll... Yeah, I think we talked about this earlier, Matt. I know you may not have been on the stream at the time, but we ranked Piastri, Albon, Gasly, Stroll as kind of those four mid-priced drivers. So potentially Albon uh, would be another option to consider if if budget constraints are, are coming into question here. Um, Alonso, you said, Adam, you're very reliable, but fantasy-wise just hasn't really performed the last few weeks. A combination of reliability, Ability, um, other teams kind of moving ahead in the field compared to the Aston Martins. So um, it's it's a hard predicament, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably, I guess, given budget issues once again, probably look at maybe getting Albon and signs in if you can if you can afford that. Very sensible. Any other questions before we wrap for the night? Feel free. we got about a minute or two left. Otherwise, we will break to either sleep or watch qualifying. I might break to sleep, to be honest, and watch qualifying when, in an hour's time. I'm not sure yet. You're going to have it. 5.45 wake up. It was a little early for me. <laughs> Fantastic. I am 100% going to sleep after this and then wake up first thing on my Saturday and start qualifying. Looks like the chat has dried up. So let's put a pin in it there for now. Thank you all for another wonderful live chat. Thank you to FanApp and Fifth Gear Garms for rocking a great contest and for sponsoring the show. Until Qatar, good luck this weekend. And thanks, Rob, again for another great show.